Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. How many warning signs do people need to see? And that is the topic tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, as we've been getting more details in the last few hours about this madman who opened fire on the Texas school. And I'm talking about 18-year-old Salvador Ramos. And boy, it just gets uglier and uglier on some breaking news just coming in to us tonight that investigators uh, say that the gunman was actually inside the school For 40 to 60 minutes, not 40 to 60 seconds, 40 to 60 minutes. If indeed that is correct, what the heck took so long to go into that school? And so tonight, I want to take your calls. We're going to spend the next two hours talking about some of the warning signs that were clearly missed by a lot of individuals and a lot of agencies We're also going to talk about what do we do from here to protect our kids? Because what happened in Uvalde at that school system never should happen again. And we need to figure out what went wrong and where we go from here. The number to call everybody is 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Again, the news that investigators are saying the gunman was inside that school up to potentially one hour. How could that be? We know that after his grandmother got shot in the face by this guy, the grandmother called 911. Uvalde's only seven square miles. He drove about two miles to the school. Now, he went to the school, we're learning, because she used to work there. And there were Facebook posts where he said, You know, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. Then he actually shoots the grandmother and puts it up and says, I shot my grandmother. Then he said, I'm going to the school. Now, he didn't say which school he was going to, but I've covered a lot of criminal justice cases, guys. And the first thing I would say is, what's, first of all, the closest school? Where does he have a connection to? I would have maybe sent them to the high school that apparently he was a dropout of, the graduation was this week. So maybe he would have had a resentment that he wasn't being, you know, graduating with the rest of his class. I would have ASAP put that school in lockdown. I would put every school district in Uvalde on lockdown. There are 4,000 students, but you have a guy who just opened fire on his grandmother. The grandmother's calling police saying, my grandson is nuts, he's armed, he's dangerous, he is loaded for bear, and he's about to open fire on a school. And he took a car that he really doesn't know how to drive. And then we find out, after she makes the call, then he goes over to the school where she worked, 
which also would have been top of the list if he was so angry at his grandmother in a domestic dispute that he would shoot his grandmother, whom he was living with. Wouldn't you say maybe what school could she be tied to? Where would he have animosity towards? Where would there be issues? Where would he use as a target to send a message? So I would have either gone, I would have gone, first of all, to all the school districts with an ASAP message saying, put those schools in lockdown. Do not open the doors. There's an open shooter case right now with a guy who just almost killed his grandmother. He's in a car. Here's the vehicle. She knew the vehicle. She described all the ammo and some of the guns that he had. And then sure enough, he drives two miles at a high rate of speed. That doesn't take a lot of time, guys. We don't know how fast he went, but let's say even on a little country road, two to five minutes, right? He crashes the vehicle right in front of the school. Then he call. then the guard sees him. There's a resource officer, which was great to hear that there was one at the school, at this Rob Elementary School, where the grandmother worked up until I think it was two years ago. So then he's about to go into the school and the guard sees him. The guard calls that in because we know today from Texas officials that they got a message saying that there is an active shooter who's on the outside coming into the school, trying to get into the school. So the guard, it sounds like, called somebody in law enforcement, did a great job and said, there's this guy coming in. He's got a gun. He's coming towards me. That guy then has gunfire with him. They exchange gun rounds. And that guard is shot and disabled, not able to move. We understand he's alive, but he was totally disabled. So he couldn't do anything at this point. And then the guy goes in to the back of the school, goes down the hallway. The first classroom he basically comes into is this fourth grade class. And that is where he opens fire again. And then he barricades himself in. And then we know the SWAT team comes. We know that this border agent came in. The border agent is ultimately the guy who took him out. But there are so many questions tonight. Because apparently this guy was on social media, this 18-year-old, parading around, showing off his guns and his ammo that he bought legally on his 18th birthday. To me, this is outrageous. And that's why I say tonight, there are a lot of things that went wrong in this case. And I want to hear your thoughts because I get angrier and angrier. Who saw that? Apparently, he was texting it to friends going, hey, take a look at me. I got two new guns. He did buy them legally. That's a whole other issue. How could a guy who clearly had some mental issues buy guns? And he may have had a juvenile record. We're hearing he didn't have an adult record because he wasn't an adult for that long. But he may have had a juvenile record, but he clearly had mental issues. Why wasn't that flagged? Why was he able to go buy a gun? Why did the grandmother, we don't know, did the grandmother know he had the guns? She clearly knew he had the gun when he shot her. But did she know that he had the guns before that? We don't know. So if you know you got a deranged kid and he's got guns and ammo, guess what? Maybe he shouldn't have it. And then he was texting friends apparently for days going, hey, take a look at what I got. I got tons of ammo. I got tons of this. I got tons of that. Kids were so scared of him. They were afraid he was going to do something at the school. Did they say anything? I don't want to point the finger necessarily at kids, but did they tell a parent? Did they tell a teacher? Did the teachers say anything? Did they tell the law enforcement? 
I'm seeing a lot of issues here, and I want to hear your thoughts tonight because I am so upset as we hear that 19 students have lost their lives, two adults, two teachers who tried to stop it all. And now, tonight, we're going to talk about some of the heartbreak, some of the missed warning signs, and also some of the heroes who really put their lives on the line, like those teachers I just talked about, also like that security guard who tried to stop them, calls it in. You are in a small town, and you call it in and say, hey, guess what? We have an active shooter. You just get a call from the grandmother. She works at the school. You should be in that school within minutes. What took so long that they did not enter the school clearly? Because it's not a big school. It's not a big district. They don't have far to drive. What the heck were they waiting for? Remember in the Parkland case, there were so many issues that they were afraid to go in. And law enforcement had huge issues there that they were scared of the bullets flying. We've got so many heroic cops out there, but there's some serious questions tonight. And I want to hear from you. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Governor Abbott talking about what happened in his state. Evil swept across Uvalde yesterday. Anyone who shoots his grandmother in the face has to have evil in his heart. But it is far more evil for someone to gun down little kids. It is intolerable and it is unacceptable for us to have in the state anybody who would kill little kids in our schools. Absolutely. And now we're hearing that he obviously came from a broken home. Apparently, there are reports that his father was a drug addict. Lots of issues here. Couldn't graduate from high school. And obviously, a lot of problems that were setting him off, potentially. Clearly had a huge issue with his grandmother, was trying to evict her. He was staying with her. For some time, they were living together, but he wasn't happy with her, obviously. And trying to evict her and do all these things. But it is a heartbreak situation. And there were so many warning signs. And again, as we're learning tonight that investigators may have been inside. uh, Investigators are saying that the gunman may have been inside that school 40 to 60 minutes. Think about all the rounds that go off in 40 to 60 minutes. And we know that many of them struck and killed these young kids and those two teachers. Think about how they stormed immediately. What were they waiting for if indeed this report is accurate? Now, here is a little bit of a comment from Governor Abbott about the shooter. Take a listen, because he says this, they're looking into his background. They're trying to discover some clues and what may have been the motive. The gunman was 18 years old and reportedly a high school dropout. Reportedly, there has been no criminal history identified yet. He may have had a juvenile record, but that is yet to be determined. There was no known mental health history of the gunman. No known mental health. And when he says that, he means anything professional. If you have a kid who is cutting himself, apparently he was cutting himself in the face. 
as sort of like punishment to himself. He suddenly is waving guns, talking about taking actions out on individuals. Clearly, it's not like something just snapped. Apparently, there were kids in the school who were afraid of this guy. And he was clearly coming from a broken home, but he obviously had extremely violent tendencies. So he didn't get any mental health professionally, and that is the other issue, I think. There clearly were warning signs also on a lot of his social media that he was attracted to violence, that he was interested in violence. That's not necessarily a normal thing for a teenager. And then just minutes right before he's about to shoot his grandmother. This is so heartbreaking. He puts on his Facebook page soon before, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. And then he posts a few minutes later, how horrific is this? I shot my grandmother. And then he puts, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. So how interesting is that? I'm going to shoot an elementary school. That was 15 minutes before he barricaded himself in a classroom and fired indiscriminately at a classroom full of fourth graders. So you got the grandmother works in an elementary school. I'm going to shoot an ele- uh, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. Wouldn't you think you'd put every school in that district, particularly the school that his grandmother used to work at, in lockdown? I am outraged tonight, and I want to hear your thoughts about this. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Christine on line three. Christine, your thoughts. Christine, sorry all, about that. Go ahead, Christine. All of this will continue unless the elected leaders on both sides of the aisle actually do something about mental health instead of just saying something about it. Let's see if them put call to action on this. And how about, here's a novel idea. Why don't people start prosecuting the little crimes? Let's end this culture of emboldening criminals to do big crimes, like shooting people and killing people. Yeah, boy, I agree. And, you know, you bring up, there's a couple good points there. First, obviously, Christine, you're right. Um, We don't know if he had, we know he didn't have an adult record. And remember, juvenile records are sealed, although they are accessible to law enforcement. So right away, they don't know. I'm sure they're looking through it, and they probably have them by now, if there was anything that he had in his juvenile record, uh, potentially from a criminal standpoint. So that, I agree with you, because maybe there were some even crimes early on. Maybe there were ones he committed suddenly that we just don't know about. The other thing, too, is clearly this kid had mental issues. As I mentioned, when I said he was cutting, we were hearing he was cutting his face. You, You know, people cut their wrists or do certain things to kind of mutilate themselves. It's a... It's a really sad thing. And he clearly was mentally, you know, distraught on so many levels. But if you have a child doing that, you need to check them into a hospital. You need to help that child. You need to make sure that a mental health professional, just like you said, needs to see that child. You can't sit there and go, oh, well, that's normal or I hope he gets better. Try to help him and also help society. Because maybe had you done that originally, You'll wonder what would have happened now. I bet you if they had listened to the warning signs, and there are so many of them now that we're hearing about in this kid's case, and this may be the tip of the iceberg, we will probably find out so much more. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 800-848-9222. 
It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about new details that are coming out in the Texas school shooter case. By the way, this 18-year-old did buy two AR-15 rifles legally. He bought them last week when he turned 18 years old, including one for over $1,800. That's a lot of money for an 18-year-old. Where did he get the money? One was purchased from a gun manufacturer, according to a receipt. Uh, In between buying these two guns, we're hearing that he bought 375 rounds of ammunition. And we know that at his scene there at the school, there was a backpack filled with ammo as well as ammo in the vehicle that he crashed. It is unbelievable. How did this guy, who clearly had mental issues... And then was parading these guns that he bought. He was so proud of them. Didn't friends think if the kid's a little disturbed that maybe he shouldn't be having guns? Didn't someone in his family, his grandmother, did she see these guns or did he sneak them? We don't know. But it is pretty interesting that this guy, who clearly had mental issues, was able to buy the guns. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to David in L.A. on line four. David, your thoughts about this? First of all, I'm going to provide some solutions or ideas. So don't hang up on me, Rita, because I'm going to say something not very popular. But we have 300 million adults in America, and there's no way you can manage it to where you reduce this to zero. Sure, there's always going to be a mentally ill bad apple to sneak through, no matter what is done. We need to accept that. And, you know, he bought the gun legally. There was background checks. All the Democrats say is we need background checks. So what are you going to do? So I'm here to say, first of all, you're never going to reduce it to zero. But here's some ideas I have. First of all, they love to teach about gender and sexual identity in school. How about having mental health class where they teach about mental health, signs to look for, and the teachers are kind of going to know the students better from that aspect of things. Okay, maybe even have mental health counselors in school that the kids meet with on a regular basis, and those counselors check the kids' social media so we'll have people responsible for that. And we need parental involvement. The number one thing, I guarantee, parental involvement The kid probably had no parental involvement, no love, if you call it, and that cannot be overlooked. Very important. Again, not every parent's going to be a good parent, but, you know, are you letting Call of Duty raise your kid? He did play Call of Duty, and people say, oh, games don't matter, but I say they do matter. I think that this Call of Duty and these these gun games is basically training because at some point you want to do the real thing. You know, David, you brought up, first of all, some really powerful points um, first off, on the video games, um, I thought about when you just said that Adam Lanza, and that was the guy in the Newtown shooting, which there's a lot of comparisons, uh, sadly. Uh, but boy, he loved those video games, too. They become, especially if you are not stable, which clearly these two 18-year-olds, uh, I can't remember how old Adam Lanza was, but it, you know, around that same age, but these two shooters 
definitely like those violent video games, and it desensitizes people. I agree if they are slightly off. The other thing I think about in um, Adam Lanza's school, I mean, in his in his bedroom, he had pictures of like violent scenes and like, you know, like violent actions and violent things. There were posters like all over the place. You know, wouldn't that be a warning sign when someone has some mental illness and they're obsessed with these things? You don't want to give them any ideas, just like you said. Um, the other thing, um, two things. On the mental health class, I think that is a brilliant idea, David, that there should be some training to young people, to everybody. I actually think it's a great idea for all ages to suddenly learn what are the warning signs. And it kind of goes back to if you see something, say something, because obviously you're helping the individual and you're certainly helping a lot of others, too, because you don't want to wait. And now after the fact, we're hearing people said, oh, yeah, I thought he was dangerous. I thought he was creepy. You know, I thought he was a trouble guy who might crack. You know, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, I want to make sure that we do give a great shout out to our law enforcement officers because there are two that were seriously injured that we know of tied to the Uvalde school shooting. And one of them, as we know, is that resource officer who was outside. Now we know that he was sort of the first line of defense. And as suddenly this guy comes out of the school, comes, you know, into the parking area, crashes the car, comes out with a rifle, he reacts quickly, takes out his gun and opens fire on the suspect. The suspect was able to shoot him and disable him in the shooting. He luckily survived, but it basically took him out of commission. And then the shooter was able to go in through the back door because, remember, he knew the school. He knew because his grandmother had worked there for so many years, his grandmother, who he had just shot. And, of course, you would hope, we don't know this yet, but you would assume that there was an APB out, hopefully, you know, for this kid who just shot his grandmother because his grandmother called 911. But we do know that there were unbelievably heroic actions by that school resource officer who tried to take the shooter out. The shooter shot at him, but he immediately reacted. He only had a split second seeing this guy coming with a rifle. There wasn't a big distance, but he was able to at least try to take some shots. And then we also know that it was law enforcement who ultimately took this guy out. It was a border agent, and it was from an, a very you know high-tech you know, elite border unit called BORTAC. They're basically like the SWAT team of Border Patrol, and they were the ones— one of the agents there who took this guy out, this monster out, who took so many precious lives. And now we're hearing about how many guns he bought, how much ammo this guy was able to buy. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight when you hear this comment coming now from 
This is Steve McGraw. He is the Texas Director of Public Safety. And this is what he had to say about this guy who was loaded for bear when he walked into the school. On March 17th, Ramos purchased a semi-automatic rifle at a local sporting goods store. On March 18th, he purchased 375 rounds of ammunition for that rifle. On March 20th, he purchased another semi-automatic rifle at that same local store. So there he is right after his 18th birthday. And there are people saying he was parading it around, showing it around. Uh, And Steve McGraw also talked about some of the major things that this guy put on his social media. Take a listen. The FBI has been able to find information on his Facebook account that the governor had provided you information on. That approximately 11 o'clock, he announced, you know, on Facebook, a post, a message that he was going to shoot his grandmother. He shot his grandmother. He re-reported that he had shot her. And after that, he reported that he was going to a school to attack it. He didn't identify the, the specific school. He did say elementary at that point in time. But the timeline is anywhere from 11 to, to 11 to 11.30. His mother reported him to the police department when she was able to run across the street to a neighbor and get help. And she was medevaced to San Antonio in critical condition at this point, but she's still alive. Amazing. That was the grandmother who was shot in the face and was still able to call 911. And then on his social media, it says, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. Why wasn't there tons of officers and a full lockdown? And when I say full lockdown, door shut, back door, front door, every door. Many school districts have this where you just hit. It's almost like, you know, if you're about to rob a bank, lock the doors of the, uh, of the bank. All the alerts go off. Why wasn't every single door locked in that school? There are a lot of questions tonight. And I want to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman, line four. Norm, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. Yeah, I just had some more thoughts on that gun sale. I mean, you know, I heard a, first I heard a report that he received the guns through the mail. But that actually, the, the, the you played something that, that contradicted that. So apparently he did purchase it from a gun shop. Okay. but By, by the way, one of them we know he got from a gun shop for sure. Okay, it's illegal for a person who does not ha- is not a holder of a federal firearms license. That's a person who you know, has it. You, as far as I know, you cannot order guns through the mail. That goes back to when the shooter of JFK ordered a gun through the mail, and they made that only people that have federal firearms licenses can receive completed modern guns through the mail. And I, I know that because that Carcano rifle that uh, whatever that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald used, he ordered through the mail. So ever since then, they've made, but I don't know, you know, there's all sorts of violations on the internet. So, you, you, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, Norm, been- to answer your question, he bought one from a gun manufacturer called Daniel Defense. According to a receipt he put on Yobo, I guess he put it up. Um, but it's interesting that at least, and I can tell you that law enforcement today made it sound like they were both purchased legally in the state of Texas. So that okay. doesn't seem to be in dispute under Texas law. Every law is di- every state's different, but okay, no, but that's I, what I they're saying. He, okay, okay, he's eighteen. Was he unemployed? I think he was unemployed. He was unemployed, and he wasn't okay, graduating. Unemployed. Two assault-style rifles plus a case of ammo. That's got to be four to five grand. 
Absolutely. One so, of them alone was eighteen hundred uh and seventy bucks. Right. Um Yeah, look, how did it, where did he get the money? I agree. Where did he get the money? I thought this was a poor family, right? I thought this was a people a family of meager means. Yes, and he was living with a grandmother who was, you know, looks like a retired teacher. So sadly, right. teachers don't make as much money as I think they should because, boy, are they heroes. Um, but so right. you're right. And I think the parents, one of the parents, apparently, according to reports, uh, was a drug addict. The other parent sort of not in the picture whatsoever, even the yeah, drug so addict was, one. But you're so right. Maybe drug, drug money made, maybe paid for these guns. I mean, it's, 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 it's a possibility. Yeah, we don't know, but no. it, but like like you said, by the way, I mean, think back to when you're 18. You bring up a great point. If you're an 18 year old right. high school dropout, where do you get that kind of money from? If you don't come right. from a from a successful family, you're living by the border too. By the way, right. you have to remember logistically. Sadly, there's a lot of drugs coming through the border, as you know. Right. I don't know if okay. He purchased one like in March, and then he purchased the other one like. Two weeks later, because my friend Charlie said to me, um, he's, he's a, he, uh, he holds an FFL. He tells me that he tells me that like within if it would be like within two weeks, that would be like illegal. You can't do that because of the processing. Uh, I, I don't know. You apparently I, I didn't think you could do that. But, but the, 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 never mind that. I think. I, I've known a lot of gun dealers. They're really solid type people. They're hunters. They're, I mean, they're, they, they sell. I don't know what, what kind of dealer would have sold to this guy who's an obvious flake and, you know, and sells him this gun. And then like a week later, they sell him another one out of the same place. I don't know. I, I don't understand why that dealers say, you know, kid, this is just the floor model. We can't sell them right now. You know, I, I mean, no, you know, they didn't, they didn't, I don't know. Most, most Gun dealers I know, going to gun shows, you know, I'm, they, they have, they, they just, they're not going to extend themselves like that. They're going to make sure that all their, you know, all their eyes are dotted, you know, all their T's and you know, they're going to make sure everything that that's not going to happen. They don't want anything to come back to them. They can always sell the stupid rifle. And by know? the way, Norm, so, in between, in between buying the two rifles, he bought three hundred and seventy-five rounds of ammo well a case, um, a case so, of ammo a case yeah cases cases are like that case, when you buy a sealed case it could be 375 five it's not unusual listen if you go to the range you got a semi-automatic weapon you know you go through 30 rounds like you know nothing so you want you want you want to you know it, it's cheaper when you buy them in bulk like that. I mean, that that, that by itself is not suspicious. You know, that that's not. But no, what I'm saying to you, what's interesting yeah. that you're saying is that so you got the two guns. You got that. He just turned 18. Again, you know, the only thing that's a problem, Norm, you don't know, mm-hmm. like when he went before these gun dealers or if one was mm-hmm. mail order, whatever it was, it was legal by Texas standards. You don't mm-hmm. know if it's mail order. You don't have you can't see the person. If it's in person, like you said, a gun dealer in person, the you know you don't know. Maybe he suddenly took a you know washed up and smiled right. and put on a nice shirt, you know, and walked yeah. in and you know and just seemed like a, a nice law abiding citizen. They went into his criminal history. Nothing came up from the adult. You know, we don't know about juvenile, but that wouldn't have been accessible right. to them. So you you know just like you said, I do believe that most gun dealers um, are very responsible. Uh, but but what I also wonder too, Norm, is first off, 
this kid clearly had major issues and and mm-hmm. there should be I would I you don't know if the gun dealer was able to see it but surely you would think somebody in school might have seen it we know that they mm-hmm. were talking about it the grandmother I mean I feel sorry for her obviously horrible for her um and she's now clinging to life right now in a hospital by the way she survived after he shot her in the face but you can't tell me and I, I will never believe that if you live with somebody and this person is cutting himself and he's making threats about violence and he's doing all these things. We know that he was doing that for a while. So suddenly he gets guns. If she knew he got a gun, shame on her. And if she never got him help, shame on her, too. And that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to say. My grandson, who really was like her son because the parents weren't around, and I'm sure she felt sorry for him as we, you know, I mean, it's horrible what he had to go through. But look at the repercussions of his actions. She had a responsibility to report that kid. If she knew that he had anything near a gun or any sort of ammunition or plans to go buy a gun, she is responsible partially. What do you think, Norm? She's certainly responsible if she knew that he was, uh, you know, her, her her grandson was harboring weapons and was planning on killing people. Oh, certainly. I mean, uh, I, uh, look, I, I, okay, today's phone call is a little different than yesterday. I, 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 I am going to say something. I've known scores and scores of people. Now I'm the gun defender. Okay, this is Norman, the gun defender. I've known scores and scores of people that have owned these types of rifles. And um, they're apparently the most popular rifle to own, you know, they're uh, uh, and um, they're good, honest, hardworking, law abiding people. And, you know, and as as terrible as something like this is, and it's terrible, um, I, I, I most people use guns lawfully, you know, and that's and that's, you know, uh, Look at how many I'm going to compare this. Uh, look at how many people have cars and how many people misuse cars and kill people, you know, and kill themselves. But yet we don't ban cars. So, you know, I I I am absolutely support background checks, uh, you know, making sure they're not, uh, you know, mental cases. Uh, they don't have criminal records. And by um, the way, I'm all for I actually think that gun dealers should have access to juvenile records for this reason, right. because he just turned 18. Right. By the way, I, I want to correct one thing, too, uh, just that so you reminded me. He was working, actually, at the mm-hmm. Wendy's. He was employed um, oh, from, so 11, making... from 11 a.m. Right. to 4 p.m. But get this, um, that he was working, but his coworkers said he was very weird, used to have violent tendencies and made a lot of threats to colleagues. Also... That one of his colleagues said he used to go, there's a report that he used to go around with a BB gun shooting random people with the BB gun. Um, so you don't know, was he saying horrible things or was he like a kid playing around with a BB gun and just trying to be funny? You know, it's like somebody throws a water balloon at somebody. But who knows? You know, but they did say that they were scared of him and that he had violent tendencies. But that would explain how he got the money. But that's still a lot of money if you're working whatever, four or five hours a day, you're a high school dropout to, to save, you know, four, $5,000. That's a lot. That's that. I still, 
I'm having a little trouble figuring this out. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Norm? Um, I, what do I think? I think I think that. Uh, uh, yes, I have a hard time figuring it out. But he got it. He got the weapon. And they always get the weapon, whether they steal it, whether they get it illegally, whether they smuggle uh, 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 ones across the border, they get them. OK. And uh, and chaos ensues. You know, look, I, look, I can say something. There is a there is a license. Now, this this was a semi-automatic weapon. There's a license out there that one can get. Now, you can't get it in New York State. You can get it in certain states like Arizona. It's called a, it's called Class Three. It's fully automatic firearms, okay, like heavy machine guns and things like that. Do you know that there's never ever been any violation using what they call Title Three firearms? I've never heard of a crime. I've never heard of anything. And real quick, why is that, Norm? The, there, okay, there is regulation. You have to prove you're a normal person. Uh, you got to go through your sheriff. Um, but basically, I'm just saying, you know, for all Americans that think it's exclusively the gun, all over America, there are people that own legally machine guns, and there's never been crimes committed with them, ever. I mean, I, I, but, I've but never Norm, heard but of Norm, But Norm, you also have to admit, there have been a lot of school shootings. Um, there have been, by the way, mass shootings. In America, 200, over 200 since the start of this year. I, I'm, I'm a big Second Amendment advocate, so I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just, but where I am coming from is just as you said, we got to make sure loony kazoonies do not have access to it and that only responsible individuals do have access to guns. I mean, he shouldn't have access to, you know, he shouldn't even have access to a car. Apparently, they didn't feel comfortable with him having a car and that was another issue because he took off in the car that he barely knows to drive because they don't want him driving. So if they didn't feel he was mentally stable or had it together enough to drive, well, maybe if you saw that he was buying a gun, um, and again, we don't know what she knew. You know, sometimes kids obviously have secret lives. We don't know if he came home and hid the guns and hid all the ammo. Um, but he was clearly showing it off to friends and classmates. He didn't seem like he was hiding it too much. Who reported him? You know, you see a disturbed kid who works with you, a, a trouble kid who's like shooting people with a BB gun and, and can't wait to like shoot random people and then was making threats to coworkers that scared them. And then he's suddenly talking about a gun and showing them off to friends and saying he's going to use it soon. Wouldn't that be a warning sign? I mean, to me, it is stunning. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Great call, Norm. Uh, 800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And if you are just tuning in here on the Rita Cosby Show, some stunning details that investigators say that the gunman was inside the elementary school where his grandmother had worked for 40 to 60 minutes. And, of course, when law enforcement stormed in there, he was barricaded in the fourth-grade classroom, which was almost like the first one when he came through the back door. He had to go down two hallways, but it was the first classroom, just a target of opportunity. And he walked in and killed all the students in that classroom. Uh, that were killed. 
all 19 were said to be in that classroom. And he was barricaded in that classroom when a border agent took the shot and took him out. And law enforcement SWAT teams were also coming in. And now we're getting word, um, uh, great newsman Bob Brown, um, who is great on the Red Apple Media Network, um, was just highlighting to me that a witness, Juan Carranza, who was there at the scene, uh, from could have a really good bird's eye view. And from outside his house, across the street, he could see Rob Elementary School. And he said that the officers did not go in. He was really stunned to hear that they did not go in. Minutes earlier, Carranza had watched Salvador Ramos, the shooter, crash his truck into a ditch outside the school, grab his AR-15-style semi-automatic rifle, and then shot at two people, and then goes inside. But according to this eyewitness that our Bob Brown was talking about, Juan Carranza was watching and saying, what's going on? Why are officers not storming? And that is consistent with now something even more questionable, obviously. And and when I say questionable, this needs to be investigated. If indeed that they waited 40 to 60 minutes before they went in, what the heck were they waiting for? They had students. They had an unarmed, unarmed school. And he was opening fire in an elementary school. Uh, there are so many questions tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom, line eight. Tom, your thoughts about this guy and the gunman. Hey, Rita, how are you? It's always good to talk to you. Um, a couple of things I wanted to say. I, 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 was heard, I heard earlier earlier that he did have a job at Wendy's, I believe it was a restaurant. And... Um, the other thing is that you can order guns online, but they have to be delivered to an authorized dealer where you have to go and pick it up and then get gun, you know, verified and get checked again. So it's the only way to do it. They won't, get it, they won't deliver it to your house. And cases of ammo come in anywhere from a flat of 250 up to 1,000. You, know, you want to get that. Just some of the points. Right. What I so, wanted to say was, so, okay. but, but the point is he got it legally. Um, you know, you can, you can beg the question on whether that should change or not. By the way, in Florida, they changed it after the Parkland shooting, I believe, and it was when it was Governor Rick Scott at the time. They changed it from 18 to 21 for assault-style weapons with a three-day waiting period. Um, uh-huh. That opens the door to that. that. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, it, you know, with the amendment, it's the Second Amendment, right? That's what we're talking about here, Second Amendment. And, and the word that points, comes out to me is amendment. You know what? We can make amendments to the, another amendment. And I believe that, you know, some of these new laws, going to 21, uh, three-day, I have even no problem with a week-long uh, wait and uh, a check for the guys. You know, maybe the FBI has to do this, the ATF. What do you mean, they, Tom? about store owners doing it. Abs- right, right. I hear you. I hear you. And they also didn't have all, any information on this guy, you know. What about, mm-hmm. what about what was in this kid's background? Now we know he was, you know, mutilating himself. He was shooting random people, uh, talking about kill, you know shooting people with a BB gun with his coworkers. Real quick, your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I grew up. I was a, um, I, I, I was in self mutilation. I, I even cut myself to to this day every once in a while. And, and it's some things that happen in the past usually, and some things that can be happening at the moment too, like bullying or something like that. I don't hey, know. Tom, may I ask you because you went through this? Did you get help for that? Did you get help real yeah, quick? I mean. 
I do go to treatment. I do go to treatment. Bravo, Tom. Tom, thank you very much. And thank you for your honesty, too, on such an important topic. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight... As we're getting more details here on the Rita Cosby show, just more tragedy that this gunman in Texas barricaded himself in adjoining classrooms. He was opening fire indiscriminately in the fourth grade classroom. Those are kids we know anywhere, likely eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven is basically. It kind of depends on some of the range that we're hearing about. But we do know the victims were of all different ages. And we know that then he barricaded himself in the basically adjoining area in between that first classroom where he really opened fire and killed most of the children inside. And now we're learning that there are reports that investigators say 40 to 60 minutes is how long he was in that school And that almost immediately when he got into that classroom, he began opening fire. It is just heartbreaking to hear all of these details. And this is Governor Abbott of Texas talking about just how hearts are broken in Texas and around the world. All Texans are grieving with the people of Uvalde. And people are rightfully angry about what has happened. Events like this, they tear at the fabric of a community. Our job is to ensure that the community is not going to be ripped apart. All Texans must come together and support the families who have been affected by this horrific tragedy. And... Immediately, it has turned political. Within hours of the shooting yesterday, President Biden came out and he basically said, you know what, we're going to go after gun manufacturers. Didn't say anything about mental health, didn't say about maybe um, looking for, you know, different background checks, looking into the kids' criminal history, anything like that. He strictly said, we're going to take on the gun lobby. He made it guns, 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 and it was almost... Like he had like DNC talking points in front of him. And to me, there are a lot of things that need to be looked at. Clearly, this guy was mentally disturbed. He should not have gotten access to a gun. But what warning signs, as we've been talking about, did they have or did they not have at that time? There are so many questions tonight. But 
he didn't say anything that was unifying or positive or something that would bring the whole country together. You know, people want common sense solutions, but he seemed to be on this one trick pony and seemed to make it all about politics. And he is not alone because today during Texas Governor Abbott's press conference, guess who showed up? Beto O'Rourke. Now, Beto O'Rourke, a Democrat, remember famously in the debate, he said he would take guns away from every single Texan. And even the Democratic voters didn't want him after that. They were like, are you kidding me? We have ranches. We're there to protect our home. The responsible gun owners in Texas said, heck no, Beto, you got to go. That's his base. That's the Democrats. And he sunk like a lead ship. Then he kind of said, well, maybe I would have guns in some form or whatever now that he's running for governor again. So you put all this together. He is challenging Governor Abbott. They're going to go head to head in November. So he's at the press conference today and suddenly took over the press conference and made it all about politics after the governor talks about the heartbreak, praying for the families, praying for the victims. You know, we have to be thinking of them right now. We'll talk about other things later. Right now, let's remember the victims. And here is Beto O'Rourke sabotaging that press conference. Time I will uh, pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. I don't play this is right now and you are doing nothing. No, please leave the place to talk to this over. This is totally predictable when you Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. Wow. So, by the way, in true Texas style, the person who called Beto a sick SOB is the mayor of Uvalde. I love that mayor because it was so inappropriate of Beto O'Rourke. And here is how the governor reacted to that right after Beto caused this huge scene. Wouldn't leave, you know, was screaming, clearly using this for some campaign ad um, at a time when the governor was talking about the grieving families. Here is the governor reacting to that. There are family members. There are family members who are crying as we speak. There are family members whose hearts are broken 
There's no words that anybody shouting can come up here and do anything to heal those broken hearts. We all, every Texan, every American has a responsibility where we need to focus not on ourselves and our agendas. We need to focus on the healing and hope that we can provide to those who have suffered unconscionable damage to their lives and loss of life. We need all Texans to, in this one moment in time, put aside personal agendas, think of somebody other than ourselves, think about the people who were hurt, and help those who have been hurt. Bravo to Governor Abbott. Your reaction tonight that Democrats, the President of the United States, spent about one minute, if that, saying our thoughts and prayers are with the grieving family hours after this horrible shooting happened. Then he went on to the gun manufacturers and his political talking points. And then here is this press conference and Beto O'Rourke, who's trying to rejuvenate his career, Beto O'Rourke sabotages the press conference to the point where they stopped. I mean, everybody in the country, everybody in the world was tuning into this press conference to get details about the shooting. How dare he? And also, I was angry at the president last night. I thought it was completely out of line. Your thoughts, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Howard on line six. Howard, your thoughts about this. Hey, Howard, are you there? Howard, we're going to get you later. Call us back. Let's go to Ed, uh, line eight, who's in Ontario. Go ahead, Ed. Oh, hi, Rita. Yeah, it's Ed here. Uh, Yep, hats off and uh, praying for all those poor uh, uh, parents. And uh, one uh, question I have for you. Uh, Did this uh, guy get across the border from Mexico? You know what? We don't know that. We haven't heard that yet. So far, there's no evidence of that. Okay. Anyways, uh, up here. What, what's what's your, what's your, what's your, can I ask stuff. you a question, Ed? Is the reason, yep. was he an illegal immigrant? Is that where you're going? Yep. Because we haven't heard that. Yeah, that's what I heard that he actually. There, by, the, uh, by the way, Ed, the by the way, Ed, because Ed, Biden has uh, stopped the, uh, the border control. Well, I will agree with you on the back half that it is a hugely open border. But there were reports early on that he might have been like being chased by Border Patrol, that he might have been an illegal immigrant. Those reports were corrected quickly uh, by law enforcement. Somebody, I can't remember one of the news organizations was reporting it. Often reporting early on in these things is false. And they quickly corrected that and said that was not the case. He was a local guy living in this community um, with his grandmother and no evidence that he crossed the border. But to your point, there are a lot of bad hombres who do cross cross the border. Um, We know of so many cases that have happened of late, sadly, many with criminal records that we often never find out about until it's too late. Um, But in this case, that does not seem to be a factor. Go ahead, Ed. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, I mean, uh, so uh, he was neglected. Mom and Dad left him. He was with Grandma. Um, and a lot of these kids, uh, 18 years old, when I was five, I was raking hay. I was a grown boy, a man at five years old. And that's back in the day when you didn't say 
anything unless you were spoken to. But anyway, so he was neglected. And uh, so, uh, but it's video games too. They're shooting each other on on video games. Back in the day, it was Pac-Man. Now, they, you know, it's, uh, it's fun to run people over. Uh, on uh, on a video game and uh, and these kids are playing it out because they're playing it on uh, on uh, all day long. Uh, cell phones they can't let them down. You can't talk to your kid, and uh, well, and it's children children having children. His parents shouldn't have had kids because they're kids themselves. But I mean, you can't do anything about that. And uh, but and also, I'm um, yeah. Uh, well, let me, let me get to the video games, because I think that's a really important point, um, that this kid was into some pretty violent video games, which a lot of, you know, young kids are, all right, to your point. But if you are, you know, off your rocker, which this kid clearly had issues, he was mutilating himself, he was talking about shooting people, his coworkers, where he was working uh, part-time at Wendy's, said they were scared of him. He also was going around with a BB gun saying he wanted to shoot random people left and right. Maybe he was, maybe they thought it's funny, like a teenager. But then he was boasting about the guns he bought. I would be a little bit like, wait a minute. You know, this kid shouldn't have access to guns. This kid, I don't think, should have had access in a much more simpler form to these videos, these violent videos, because there is a history. And not everybody, obviously, is like this. But if you have a screw loose like this guy does, and we know in the Newtown shooting, that kid was also on these violent video games. And they lose a sense of um, of what human life is worth. If they watch it too much, I believe if you have a screw loose, you know, I think the average person hopefully, you know, enjoys it and walks away and knows that it's just a game. But there are these people who are unstable. They should not have access to it. And and so much further, what the heck was he doing with a gun? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's why I said earlier, if his grandmother, and I feel horrible for her because she was shot in the face and she's clinging to life right now, but if she knew he bought a gun and she clearly knew he had mental issues, it doesn't sound like she ever checked him into a facility as far as we know now. Maybe it wasn't the juvenile records that were sealed and we're going to find out about it maybe down the road, but... It doesn't sound like you forced him to go get help. We also don't know yet the teacher's disciplinary because he was at that high school, then he dropped out, and the class was graduating this week. There were, like, promotions apparently all over town. You know, they're so proud of their kids graduating. You know, you see the posters and the balloons and all that stuff around town, and he obviously was upset about that. I'm working at Wendy's. I couldn't graduate. I obviously had issues, whatever the case is. And so there are, I, I think all of these things probably contributed. But if you have a kid like that and you got issues, what the heck are you doing letting him know that it's okay to have a gun? If she knew, we don't know um, if she knew prior to what happened to her. But if she did, shame on her. And the school, well, I want to know, did he drop out because he was threatening people in a very serious manner? What was the reason he dropped out? Did he drop out because he just couldn't keep his grades, he couldn't focus like a lot of young kids? Or was there something much more sinister that we're going to find out about? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
And as the country is grieving, many Democrats are going for it politically. And I think it's really disgusting as we are talking about many Democrats in particular who immediately are going to gun issues over this Texas shooting. And then, to me, in one of the most sort of unseemly displays of politics, today was a day for a police reform conference. It was scheduled a long time ago. It's, you know, in light of everything that happened after George Floyd, which was terrible by overzealous cops, Derek Chauvin, who will be behind bars for a long, long time, appropriately. And, you know, I'm, as you all know, I'm a huge fan of the cops. 99.9999999 are great cops. They are great cops. And so President Biden, remember, after all that was going down, he was calling the police racist. That's what Kamala Harris, the vice president, was doing as well. So they scheduled a police reform conference that had been scheduled for a while. Ironically, it was today, of all days, right after that shooting in Texas, where we know that officers ultimately went in and took out the gunman. People are saying, thank goodness that there were police officers there. Thank goodness that there also was the guy, by the way, who was outside the resource officer who took a shot. And the guy shot him, you know, so... I mean, thank goodness we have law enforcement and people who want to be there. So I contend today, this officer that was shot and the others who were inside later and took the shot and took out the gunman, I mean, these guys are heroes. We need more cops, not less cops. That, to me, is sure. And yet today, Biden kept that conference slamming law enforcement talking about justice reform, basically saying we need to keep an eye on police. It's about police misconduct. How disgusting is that on a day right after the Texas school shooting? Take a listen because he talks about new executive orders that are coming down. And to me, I thought this was terrible. He should have canceled the conference. He should have paid tribute to the officers And instead, he held a meeting on police misconduct after police took out this gunman. Take a listen to the president. The executive order raises standards, bans chokeholds, restricts no-knock warrants, tightens use of force policies to emphasize de-escalation and duty to intervene to stop another officer from using executive force, just as occurred. It didn't occur, but people testified it didn't occur. In George Floyd's case. And then here's a little bit more of what the president had to say. Again, one day after the Texas school shooting. Here's a little more of that executive order. It calls for a fresh fresh approach to recruit, train, promote, and retrain law enforcement that tied to advancing public safety and public trust. Right now, we don't systematically collect data, for instance on instances of police use of force. This executive order is going to improve that data collection. So let me get this straight. The second worst primary school shooting in American history has just occurred. And you hold a conference about police excessive force? Are you kidding me, Mr. President? Shame on you. 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Lori. Line eight. Go ahead, Lori. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, we hear you. What are your thoughts? How's everybody doing? Okay, I am not going to take a monopoly on this. I'm sure everybody's, a lot of people are thinking the same thing. We're going into like mental people are the problem and we got to check the brain. But people are made out of mind, body, soul, spirit. And the anger that this kid at 18 had, it might just be spiritual because he didn't, he didn't go to any churches or mosques or pray to anybody or believe in anything. And he had no love and whatever. He was mad at his mom. So we're talking about God and all this. What's going on? We, we mm. haven't had the church in the school or the people praying in schools for 40 years. No, and you know what? You know what? You bring up a a beautiful point um, because having faith and family values and that support and that relationship also, that faith relationship, that's one of the things, by the way, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick talked today about in the press conference. But you're right. It seemed like he didn't, wasn't taught at least morals, um, wasn't taught some of those values. Maybe that might have helped him. It would have expanded his network, too, if he knew people at, at church. That might have helped. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor great heroes who give back in their selfless behavior, I thought it was so important tonight that we talk about 10-year-old Amory Jo Garza. She was a young 10-year-old who was inside that classroom in Uvalde, Texas. And she, when the gunman came into the classroom... He announced to everybody, you are going to die. Imagine being a young child, hearing a guy suddenly burst in, armed to bear, saying, you're going to die. Anne-Marie had her phone, and she called 911. And instead of grabbing the phone and breaking it or taking it from her, he shot her. She was sitting right next to her best friend, and her best friend was covered in blood. What is so uh, just even more heartbreaking, too, in addition to this, is her father was a medical aide who arrived at the scene and was there to treat others at the scene. And can you imagine you're there to treat other young kids? You're dealing with this horrific discovery and then only to find out that your heroic daughter also is among those who perished. So tonight... You know, we often talk about adults who are heroes, but there are heroes of all ages. And this young 10-year-old is being remembered as a hero after she attempted to dial out to 911 moments before she was shot to death just for being a kid in a classroom in the wrong place at the wrong time with this horrible, horrible monster who opened fire on her entire entire classroom. So we are grateful to hear that. And we're hearing so many other stories of unbelievable heroism that we're going to continue sharing with you here on the show, because 
It's amazing. Think about the poise that that young girl must have had. You have a gunman, an active gunman comes into your classroom. There's a lot of people out there who wouldn't know what to do. And yet she had the peace of mind and the focus to be able to say, I am going to actually call 911 to try to help and save others. So tonight, Amory Joe Garza is a great, great hero and a great role model, not just for other kids, but for people of all ages. Meantime, we're talking about the politics of the shooting because, boy, Democrats couldn't wait to start talking about gun control and pointing the finger. And they won't even look at mental health. They're not talking about any of these other issues. They are one-trick ponies, and that includes Senator Chuck Schumer. Take a listen to what the senator had to say. But it is unacceptable to the American people to think that there are not 10 of my Republican colleagues, just 10, one out of five over here, who would be ready to work to pass something that would reduce this plague of gun violence. It's unacceptable that there are not 10 members of the Republican caucus willing to save lives, find a way to do it. And yet, that's where we are. How disgusting is that, that he's saying, basically, Republicans have blood on their hands. I I mean, that is atrocious. That is so horrible, and they won't do anything to save lives. You can already hear where they are going and how fast they politicize this. And former NYPD Lieutenant Joe Cardinelli said Democrats are barking up the wrong tree. Take a listen to what he had to say. This isn't a Second Amendment issue right now. Although you can come back to it and say this person should have been on the radar, how did the governor, how did this fall on the governor's lap that this person decided to take it upon himself to create, you know, create havoc and do what he had to do? This is something that somebody saw on social media, all right, and they should have said something about it. Had the law enforcement uh, personnel known about this, had this guy been brought up before, and somebody said, listen, this is a crazy rant. Maybe it's going to mean something. Maybe it's not. And give law enforcement the opportunity to go in there and, you know, stop it from happening. But the fact that he put it out there and nobody is saying something is the bigger issue right now. Yeah, there are a lot of issues right now. And the fact that Democrats immediately are saying Republicans are responsible. That is outrageous. How will we ever come to a consensus of something that will change things if that's the attitude? And by the way, interestingly enough, a veteran Harlem, New York lawmaker is now blasting Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's been basically the firebrand behind the defund the police agenda. And this assemblywoman, Inez Dickens, who is seeking... Re-election, so surprise, surprise, there could be political means behind this, says that she is not for defunding the police suddenly. She says, there have been so many shootings in my community, my constituents are hollering for more police. They want to be able to call the police. So suddenly, she is getting an epiphany, and I'm happy that she is. I wish she had said this a long time ago, not an election year, But maybe some other Democrats will wake up to that as well, because that to me is outrageous that there are still some that are talking about defunding the police. And we still have the president of the United States who today had a criminal justice forum focused on police abuse. To me, that was 
disgusting, and he should have canceled it. By the way, we just got word, too, that President Biden is planning to go to Texas, to Uvalde, Texas, in the next few days. I think that's a good thing. I think he absolutely should go there. And I'm not surprised that he's going there because there are a lot of other places that he somehow missed. I think he should go to all these scenes of horrible destruction. And this is obviously one of the top of the list. No question about it. Thousand percent. He went to Buffalo. I'm glad he did. But he, again, didn't seem to find a way to go to Waukesha. He didn't find a way to go to other ones. And yet this one where he's clearly making politics with it, he conveniently will be sure to be there. And I wonder what he will say there. He needs to just say when he gets there, we love you, we thank you, we appreciate you, law enforcement, and most importantly, we are thinking of the families who lost loved ones. And anything else, he should not be in the state. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew on line three. Andrew, go ahead. Good evening, Ms. Crosby. Thanks for taking my call. Um, today I'm listening uh, to some commentators, and they're talking about schools should be like fortified, like banks, you know, because they protect money, protect the kids, right? Um, th- this this school had an armed guard. The, the uh, last week in Buffalo, they had an armed guard. We're unable to stop this mass shooting, right? But the problem is, Andrew. Like, um, first off, uh, the armed guard was shot and killed. Remember in Buffalo. Um, so that was at least he even it, it at least hopefully delayed him a little bit getting inside. But you're right. That wasn't enough. And in the school, this guy, the guard, took a shot. Then the guy also returned fire um, and was he was shot severely disabled. And so then the shooter was able to go in the school, knew the school. So he went in the back door. So I agree with you. Arm guards is not the sole answer, but it may be at least an answer or maybe more than one. You know, maybe more than one. Um, They're also talking about arming teachers. What about also locking down the doors? What I'm trying to figure out tonight, Andrew, and I've covered, sadly, a lot of these shootings, and I've been to the scene of a lot of these shootings, and it's it's tough. I mean, these communities are gut-wrenched. And what I am not understanding tonight is with this guy who apparently called and said, we got a guy coming in the parking area, he's coming towards the school. He's got a rifle, you know, calls. They said it today that he, that there was a call out. So you assume it was from that guy. Um, if it wasn't from him, maybe it was someone else. Either way, whoever it was from that saw that there was a guy coming into the school with an armed gun. Why wasn't there some sort of automatic lockdown in the school? You know, why weren't all the doors locked? Why was he able to suddenly get through the back door? You know, uh, bad guys find ways to get in. But why did that happen? And why did it take so long for law enforcement to get there and go in? That is the other question tonight. We're hearing, Andrew, that it was 40 to 60 minutes that he was in the school. Are you kidding me? The shooter? I I mean, what were you doing? There are so many questions. Uh, How do you think, what other security things do you think we should do? I I worked in a school for 30 years, and we're locked down as tight as a drum with security at the front desks. Um, that doesn't, you know, 
you know, doors get open, um, people get in, people could come to the front door and they're going to buzz you in. You know, if you have a concealed weapon, how are they going to know that? Um, By the way, his weapon wasn't concealed. You even see it on the video. You see him carrying a rifle. They could conceal the weapon is my point. Yeah, no, you're right. and they're going to buzz them in. What, so wait, wait, wait. What about, what about a pass? Andrew, hang on. What about a pass? What about like, like uh, you know, um, here's my employee pass. And if it's his grandmother, it clearly doesn't look like him unless he has a, a great gray wig that he can put on. Other than that, why would you buzz him in? Well, you have to have that on everybody that comes to the school, anybody that makes deliveries, anybody that's coming for any reason. Uh, that That's that's a tall order. And uh, just to segue a little bit to mental health, um, everybody's talking about mental health. Well, you know, there's a lot of people with mental health issues in this country. What are you going to do? Uh, put them all on surveillance? Are you going to um, lock them up? Uh, wh- well, you, well, you know do? what? They need to at least be checked out, Andrew. And we don't even know at this point if he ever got checked out. And I just recited earlier some of the clear warning signs. If I knew anybody like that, you know, uh, that was a coworker. I love my coworkers. But if I saw them making threats like that, guess what? I would tell my bosses, you know, because I'd want everybody here to be safe, you know. And, and we're hearing that there are a lot of warning signs in the grandmother, you know, um, we don't know what she knew, but she clearly knew if he was mutilating his face, if suddenly Johnny has mutilation on his face and he did it and she knew he did it, did she get him psychiatric help? Did did she at least try to help him? And we don't even know if there was anything. I mean, I think people have a responsibility. Um, Andrew, you make some great points. Thank you. Let's go to BJ, line two. BJ, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, first of all, Rita, thank you so much for your professionalism, your grace in reporting this. I think uh, uh, a lot of people were numb yesterday, but they're really starting to feel this situation. And, uh, you know, you you really uh, did a very professional, excellent job. BJ, thank you. And by the way, I feel so passionate about security. and, And we have to figure out what happened here, what happened in his life, uh, what happened at the scene, what warning signs were missed, because guess what? Otherwise, you can't prevent another one. You have to learn from this. The, I mean, it, it's we live in a society now where, you know, we can – I'm not going to even touch the Second Amendment issues. I think anyone – you know, the unhinged behavior of Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke uh, was enough of that discussion I want to have for now. Uh, you know, they're the reason why I'm a conservative. <laughs> they're, 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 you know, when you have people, you saw, uh, uh, you know, people, the grownups in the room from the children in the room, the grownups in the room are, are asking what we can do to help. The children in the room are asking what we can do to get our way. And that's what happened today uh, at that press conference. But we, we really have to focus on protecting uh, uh areas of large uh, um, population, you know, of large, you know, churches, this type of thing, um, because uh, this isn't going away. There's a lot of people with fingerprints on this one. you got social media, you got culture rot. I saw an interview with his um, grandfather, you know, it was very telling, actually. His grandfather was saying we, we he was at home for a year and uh, I would take him to work from – I think the grandfather was one of these guys that worked from sunup to sundown. He had his own business. And he would take him to work uh, when he didn't have work. And uh, the, it was clear to me that 
this guy, there's a culture of people that dump their kids with their parents. They have kids and they can't handle the kid. They dump them with the grandparents. And this kid was running circles around the grandparents. Whether they knew about his behavior or not, I, I don't really know. But that's what I got from that interview, uh, you know, uh, what and that it, I, And I, in fact, the grandfather said that he was very concerned when the kid sped off because he doesn't really know even how to drive the car. And there were reports that they were trying to keep the kid away from, like, vehicles because they weren't sure if he was mature enough. But he's mature enough to have a gun? You know? Wait a moment. Troubled soul. He was a troubled soul, and uh, th- he was uh, uh, let to grow up as wild as grass. Uh, you know, I don't know what grandma knew, what she didn't know. I, I can't speak to that. Uh, I, you know, uh, but, the, the, you know, we have a situation now where people are drifting away. They're, we're losing them. You know, we're losing them, and they're, they're you know, they're plotting, uh, they're, they're plotting mayhem uh, in, in the shadows. Right. And, by, you know, by the way, the, the home, too, I wondered how much of a role did this kids at home? I mean, during all the covid, there have been so many kids at home, many yes. of them frustrated. We've heard of the mental issues. Um, did that contribute? Obviously, not solely be responsible by any means. But, you know, was he at home and got him more depressed? Um, I mean, who knows? You know, um, and there's a lot of issues here, but there's a lot of finger pointing and I think most importantly, we got to make sure that this does not happen again. Uh, BJ, thank you. Great call. Let's go to Pete, line four. Pete, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. I got a couple of points, of course. I'm going to get the best ones up first, and the rest we can leave for another show because I know we're up against the tide. Oh, I hear, first of all, a couple of calls called in today saying about uh, that this doesn't happen in other countries. It always happens in the United States. That's false. In other countries, it happens, but they don't publicize it. I have friends all over the world that I speak to uh, during the course of a week from uh, everywhere, uh, all over the world. I talk to them that I met in the years, in my 66 years. And things happen, and these guys get caught, arrested. Usually, they get shot. They never go to trial. Or on the way to prison, they try to grab the gun, and they get killed on the way. And they don't emphasize it. They don't publicize it. My second point is with the schools. You could have as many security guards armed. I was involved with law enforcement. And you can't get around it. You know, the thing is, it still goes on today. When I went to school, uh, if uh, somebody tried to get in the doors, the doors usually open from the inside out. You push the handle. And the guys would be outside having a cigarette. They'd go, uh, and they bang on the door, blah, 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 blah. So you'd open the door, let them in. And if you didn't let them in and they found out, that it was you, like when somebody else opened the door, uh, you were in for uh, a beatdown, you know? So a lot of guys were intimidated, and they opened the door. Second of all, they get a hanger, they bend it. They stick it in, they catch the door, and they open it. So, so let, me, let me ask you, Pete, in this case, he went to the back door. By all accounts, it was open. So how could that be? Right. I mean, how could you have an open door when the grandmother said, you know, my grandson's you know, on his way to ele- an elementary school, she used to work at this elementary school. He says it on social media. He's barricading himself. We also have a report that there's, you know, that the guy's driving wild. The town isn't that big. It's seven square miles, Uvalde. So how could this be? You're right. You're right about that. But why the wasn't there? Why didn't they lock the doors? Why didn't every single door lock? Well, for the, fly, the fire hazards. They got look. Uh, that guy Joe Clark, the school in uh, Newark years ago, uh, that they made the song about. Yeah, he big Joe Clark. 
and they ratted him out. They called the police, and they said he was on the file, and he almost lost his job. But they kept him because the people were behind him because they knew he was a great uh, principal. Maybe some of his methods were a little over the top, but it worked. You right, know what I'm and, and by the way, now tonight, people are saying we need more Joe Clarks. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the terrible shooting in Texas. Continuing with your calls, let's go to Joe in Rockland on Line 7. Uh, Joe, your thoughts tonight, especially the role of mental illness, mental health, and it doesn't seem like the guy got any help. Well, you know, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who are sick and there are people who are evil. Um, if a person is, if a person wants to engage in uh, in mental health uh, support because he's, he's evil, because he's sick rather, then he has to be willing to make himself vulnerable, to to have self-criticism, have the discipline and the work to work through it, and the desire to change, okay? If the person is a bad person, he's not going to have any of this. How are you going to impose uh, mental, mental health solutions on this bad person? So, so let me ask you, Joe, given what you just said, and I hear you, um, and we don't even know if they even tried. You know, we don't know that part yet. Um, what do you I, do with somebody who is evil and is making threats and is making threats to friends, to coworkers, um, people at school yes. were scared of him. What, what do you do with somebody like that? Yes, if a person is evil enough, then everyone says he's sick nowadays. Um, you have to isolate that person. You have to get him away from society. I agree. You can't do any harm. I agree. And that's where I say, Joe, that parents and grandparents and other people, as hard as that is, you have a responsibility to society. Joe, thank you really Really important call. We appreciate that. Let's go to Michael, uh, Line 5 in Texas. Uh, Michael, where are you? How far from um, Uvalde? I'm in Dallas, but I've been to Uvalde. They have a wonderful honey festival there. It's the honey capital of the, of the country. Oh, wow. I didn't but realize that. Well, wow. I've been listening to a lot of what people are saying, and you're never going to stop evil from performing evil. You can't legislate evil away, and you cannot sign executive orders and make it go away. Um, in Texas, we started the Guardian Plan in 2019. There's over 300 ISDs now that allow teachers to carry concealed weapons and staff with proper training. Why do we not safeguard our children, our precious kids, the same way that we do things that are going to, you know, money, jewels, airports, things like this. As far as Beto, he's an embarrassment to us. And, you know, so, and 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 it, it's not about the guns. It's about getting the help, getting the support, and getting the protection that children need, just like we get when we go to an airport or a concert or a game. It needs to be instituted. And there are signs at school districts that say, Warning, staff and teachers carry weapons. Absolutely. By the way, Michael, absolutely. One thousand thousand percent. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Thank you. And we're praying for you and your state. Let's go real quick to JC in PA, line two. Go ahead, JC, real quick. 
How you doing, Rita? First of all, young girl, my heart breaks, but she is such an inspiration. I hope that I could be so heroic in my lifetime. By the way, uh, you. By the way, you're right, JC. This young girl, who is confronted with the gunman, and she picks up the phone to dial nine one one and loses her life. Think about the guts and the composure of that young girl, and that there are heroes like her, ten year old living among us. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.